Support for OPB comes from our members and from our sponsors, like Tracy Ray from the employment law firm of Baron Lehman. Tracy says that OPB sponsorship is a great way to support the community and connect with Baron Liebman's clients. From the Gert Boyle studio at OPB, this is Think Out Loud. I'm Dave Miller. When Oregon students return to school in just a few weeks, there is going to be a new leader of the state's Department of Education. Dr. Charlene Williams was appointed to head the ODE by Governor Tina Kotek. She is the first black woman to lead the department and is currently the interim director. The state Senate is expected to take up her confirmation next month. Most recently, Williams helped lead the Evergreen and Camas public school districts in southwest Washington. Before that, she served as the principal of two high schools in Portland public schools. Dr. Williams, welcome to Think Out Loud. Good morning, and thank you for having me. It's great to have you on. I want to start with some of your work experience in Portland schools. You worked at Rosemary Anderson High School about 20 years ago now. It's a school that we've talked about in the past. It serves kids who often haven't thrived in other schools. Some come from unstable family situations or homelessness. What did you learn from your time at Rosemary Anderson? Uh, I learned so much. Um, It was such a treat to work under the leadership of Joe McFerrin and team. I, I learned about having high expectations for our students um, that, you know, a lot of those circumstances that they were experiencing and facing um, didn't make them any less smart, any less capable. Um, and it was up to us as educators to tap into their magic and create success for them. And we got pretty aggressive with helping them not just earn um, diplomas from our school, um, but we hired a transition to college coordinator and really um, coached them and supported them with their transition to post-secondary opportunities um, so that they could really see themselves thriving um, because of who they were, because of those experiences and gifts that they brought. And so it was really, um, it it was transformational for me as a leader, just recognizing the number of barriers that students experience and how resilient they are. And when we create the conditions with resources, with um, high leverage practices, with um, engaging our community and partners in strategic ways, we can make some powerful things happen for our students and families. So um, it definitely helped shape me as a leader and I continue to watch what they're doing. And you know, I'm, I'm constantly inspired by that work. From Rosemary Anderson, you went to Roosevelt High School in North Portland, where pretty soon you became the principal. While you were there, the graduation rate went up 21% in three years. How did that happen? Oh, wow. Um, That was, uh, I'm sorry. Um, That was a work of community and really, um, again, not assuming that I know the answers, that the system always knows the answers, but tapping into the strengths of community, um, listening to teachers who had been there for years, hearing their stories, what their needs were, what the barriers and opportunities were. We literally engaged um, in a community-wide campaign listening 
um, what's working um, at Roosevelt? What have you heard? Um, you know, how can we support? Um, when we were applying for the actual grant, we were just making making our data and our needs transparent and making the uh, our approach transparent for our community and staff to weigh in. Um, was this is is this approach something you can buy in that you can support? And so you know um, after some intense listening um, and being really transparent throughout the process. This is who we talked to. This is what we heard. Here are the themes emerging. Here's what our data are telling us. Um, taking all of that information and then crafting a, a plan of really intense work. You know, Asa Hilliard says, you know, it's not uh, a one-trick pony that's going to fix education, but it's really about our fire in the belly. It's really about just consistent and persistent monitoring and insistence that our students can achieve at high levels when we provide them with high support. And it was a matter of everyone rolling up their sleeves. We got creative with, you know, how um, we assigned staff to support groups of students. I mean, we worked on attendance, we worked on enrollment, we worked on academics, and all of those things are uh, precursors to eventually students graduating from school. Um, you know, from grabbing kids out of their homes and saying, you gotta come to school and, you know, helping them problem solve around whatever their needs were. Um, you know, it, it just took that intense, um, uh, and strategic focus, you know, but again, informed by truly listening and, and engaging our community in a respectful way. You know, in, in both of these cases, um, one of the things you've talked about is your high expectations for students. If you were talking directly to Oregon K-12 students right now, what would you tell them you expect from them? Wow. I think it's more for students to expect from us to really show up for them, to resource them, to educate them, and ideally to inspire them. Um, I hope that we all just continue to return to a joy for learning and that they um, that we as educators create the conditions where they can see themselves achieving and thriving um, and enjoying learning again. Uh, we've been through a tough time as um, a state with uh, the pandemic and all of the repercussions since and regaining our footing and um, learning how to engage our re-engage our students. And so I think we just we just owe them um, high quality service and, and we're not going to relent until we deliver on the promise of a high quality education for them. I'm interested in, in the, the, why you flipped that. Uh I mean, I, and I, I understand that, that you as a head of ODE now have high expectations for, for teachers and staff and that it's important to deliver for students. Um, but, but why not also say to students, and this is what we all expect from you and, and we know you can do it and we'll help you, but, but, but this is what we expect of you. 
Yeah, I think it's a yes. And we do want our students to engage in the learning. We want them to show up to school every day ready to learn. We want um, them excited about learning and doing their homework and all the things we want students to do. Um, and I really believe, though, as adults, we have to create the conditions for that to happen because they are looking at us. They depend on us um, to do that for them. Um, and so, you know, and just after having listened to students, especially, um, you know, in the two schools that you just mentioned, um, it's it's really important that we provide them with the resources for them to engage. I think if we ignite the fire, they'll burn. And that's that's what our job, I believe, is as educators. So after I don't know, a decade or something in Oregon, in Portland schools, you have more recently spent time in two different districts in Washington State, in Southwest Washington. Do you think that there are things statewide that Oregon can learn from? from Washington. You know, I I love that we're always trying to learn from each other anyway. I think Oregon and Washington already collaborate on the different um, ideas and initiatives. So I think um, learning from each other is is always, always important. Um, it was good for me on a professional level to uh, see how education is happening in a different state and experience a different size system, you know, because Portland Public Schools is larger and, you know, um, a campus school district is smaller and has different needs. And to be able to have multiple perspectives informing the work that I do. And what what was similar about all of those um, districts is the the importance of listening and centering students, having high expectations and doing this work through an equity lens, you know, pulling our students from the margins to the center and creating systems that really um, support their their learning. And it, it isn't it isn't perfect. We have to have a um, a learner stance. We have to, you know, kind of apply a, a researcher lens, if you will, that, you know, as we design these systems, as we ask educators to implement practices on either side of the river, um, is what we're doing working? What mechanisms do we have in place um, to monitor on a regular basis if the practices we are putting in place is working for, for students? You know, are we getting the outcomes that we want? Are students experiencing school in a way um, that we want them to? So um, yes, I believe there's um, things we can learn from each other. Um, and there's also a lot that we have in common. Part of what you're talking about here gets to something you'd mentioned earlier, which is data. And you'd mentioned that you, that you pay attention to data. Modern schools generate a ton of stuff you can put on spreadsheets and chart over time. But what do you pay the most attention to? What data points do you think matter the most? That is um, a great question. I think... You know, as a as a state and people outside of education, I think the thing that most people see are test scores, you know, like how's um, 
third grade reading or graduation rate. But really, it's the preliminary steps ahead of that that inform whether or not we're going to be on track with with those goals. You know, um, one of the authors that we just got to witness at a recent educator conference talked about satellite data, map data, and street data. So if I know um, that third grade third graders are not performing well in reading, um, that's a that's a pretty global um, idea and statement. That does not tell me as a third grade teacher in room 23, how to teach differently tomorrow in order to impact the learners in my room. So it's really about creating a more uh, robust system that informs us and, and allows teachers um, on a regular basis, real time to assess how students are doing and provide proper supports or um, uh, request supports as needed in order to meet the needs of those students. Should because the state have a role? And so, sorry to interrupt, but this is a, a yeah. key point. And and obviously, I'm glad you focus on reading. This is this is something that in the coming years is going to change because of of legislative action and a, a, a lot of more money and an overhaul in the way reading is taught in this state. But should the Oregon Department of Education have a role in that scenario you, you just described? What's happening in that particular third grade class and, and why are these kids not learning? Is that purely up to that district or or will you your office weigh in at some point? Absolutely. It is all our responsibility. And I believe definitely as a state agency, as we are supporting districts with um, the governor's priority around early literacy, um, you know, with House Bill 3198, and we are um, assisting districts as they are designing their plans around how they are going to um, implement and apply the funding resources that the bill allows for. Um, we are we have offered a literacy framework that um, provides district guidance on how to implement the standards. We have a series of resources. Uh, we, we are creating trainings um, so that we can calibrate and align around what the best practices are. So I believe we definitely have a role to play and as um, time, you know, as the process unfolds, we'll learn more about um, ways we can continue to improve um, and expand our partnership with schools to ensure that quality learning is happening in each in each classroom. You've talked in the past about accountability in the context of your job and the Oregon Department of Education. What do you mean by accountability? You know, um, accountability is is important, and I think we have to have a, a a pretty nuanced conversation about it because sometimes you know I think people hear the term accountability and they just think you know if you if your third grade test scores didn't reach a certain um, percentage then you know we're we're withdrawing money we're issuing all these sanctions and you're you're pretty much in trouble until things change and or in some states we'll take over your district. Or end or take over your district. And um, I think it's coming out of, I, I just want to, you know, back us up a little bit. And for us to think about context for just a moment, it does, not to take away the urgency at all, because we need to get after it for kids today. And we have to recognize 
we just went through a pandemic and, and the impact that has had on educators, that has had on learners is still, um, we're still learning what the repercussions and implications are. And so for, you know, some of our, um, some of the growth and gains that we are starting to see in some areas, um, it really kind of goes against what research says happens when you have a major shift like we've had normally when you're implementing anything in the best of conditions, you will experience what researchers call an implementation dip. So let's say we're rolling out the this new um, science of reading work, et cetera. The research says when you're learning how to do something new and do it right, oftentimes you'll have a bit of a dip before it takes off into a steady trajectory of improvement. So the fact that we just came out of a pandemic and we're starting to see not the greatest, but modest gains, that is a significant step that says what educators are doing um, is beginning to work and show promising signs that if we can continue to lean into the science of reading, to do culturally responsive practices, that uh, we'll be on a trajectory to set our students up for success. So I just wanted to just pause it while we're talking about accountability um we we can't ignore the context that we're in and the gains that people are starting to see dr williams we're out of time but i look forward to talking again thank you very much thank you charlene williams is a new director of the oregon department of education Think Out Loud and OPB's critical reporting from all across the Northwest happen only with the support of our members. Do your part now and join in as a sustainer at opb.org pod.